There are tons of things that you want to know about this Michigan football team. We are heading into week three, and the good news about that is I'm letting you ask the questions for this episode. The Michigan Mailbag is back. Locked on Wolverines podcast. You are locked on Wolverines, your daily podcast on the Michigan Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Tuesday, we are back in doing it. Lockdown Wolverines podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And we are going to get it. This was actually posted on Thursday. We are doing it today, Tuesday. So some of these questions say week one, we'll answer for week one and week two. For anyone who did that, we're going to start off with our leaders and best with James Crudup, James Crudup 6. Harbaugh leaves to the NFL after a third victory over Ohio State, third Big Ten championship, and for the sake of an argu- of argument, a national championship game of appearance. If you are Ward Manuel, is your first call Sharon Moore, and do you see Harbaugh taking multiple assistants with him? I think absolutely it should be Sharon Moore. Try to just keep things rolling. The only thing is, is you might lose a ton of personnel, and it might not look as pretty, which would not be a good situation for Sharon Moore, but I think that the, that would be the, the way to go because he's probably getting a head coaching job after this anyway. Uh, kind of regardless, I think the question is, does he take... I mean, this feels like a perfect heir apparent and also depends on what happens on Saturday with uh, with his head coaching stint, right? Like, if it, if he just seems overwhelmed and can't handle it, then... It, but, I mean, I don't expect that, right? I don't I, I don't think that you're going to have that whatsoever. Uh, but um, would he take multiple assistants with him? I think he would definitely do so, right? Like, he, he tried to bring multiple assistants with him from San Francisco. He brought many from Stanford to San Francisco and brought a couple from San Francisco to only a couple, right? Like, it wasn't like a huge number. But yeah, I think he'd try to bring some and some will get head coaching jobs and it would be a whole thing. So, my brother in metal, Michael Wolf at MWolf21, do you want to see more... Uh, do you want to see more of the same from the offense or would you like to see them be heavier on the runner pass? Um, I mean, eventually I want to see more run. I just want to see the run work a little bit better. But I, I think as some people have pointed out, and I think I can look it up relatively quickly here, um, it, it hasn't been completely wildly different is what some people have pointed out. Uh, I'm sure it is now that I look at it. I mean, it is different. Last two, last year it was 234, 268, 192 in the non-conference uh, Michigan had, as far as rushing last week, it had uh, 179. So, I mean, that's still on the low end. It would be the lowest end uh, of, of that. But they also rushed more times in some of these games, right? Michigan, uh, this past week, rushed uh, 33 times for 179 uh, for an average of 5.4 yards per carry. Uh, they had 5.85 yards per carry on 40 attempts against Colorado State, uh, 33 attempts for 8.12 against Hawaii, and 43 attempts for 192 for 4.47. So uh, they're definitely getting the yards per carry ultimately. I mean, they averaged 5.58 last year. So far, they are averaging 4.7. Not a great showing week one, better showing in week two. So, yeah, I'd like to, I'd, I'd still like seeing the pass game working. Because I feel like the run game is going to work and, and it's just kind of a matter of time. But it wasn't like they were completely blowing the doors off of everybody. 
they did Hawaii, but it was Hawaii, right? Maryland, they had 243. They didn't really like bust the doors down because like they did okay against Iowa, 172, 165 against Indiana. And then it was 418 against Penn State on 55 carries, 7.6 yards per carry. Michigan State, 276, 5.31 yards per carry. Uh, 53 against Rutgers, 282. 49 against Nebraska, 264. 168 against Illinois, 252 against Ohio State, 7.2 yards per carry, 225 against Purdue, and 186 on 40 carries, 4.65 yards per carry against TCU. So it's they're not completely. I mean, they are on that lower end, but they've done. They've had they've had worse games, but I still like seeing what I'm seeing from the passing game. And right now, if no one can stop it, just keep it going. Get JJ to 300. I mean, he easily would add 300 either of the first two games if they wanted him to, and they just decided to go with the backups. KRT at Farmer KD4. We see a different starting offensive line this week. Uh, I Obviously, this was from last week. I thought I would have said yes. He says, will the starters be finalized by a Big Ten play or will they continue to make changes throughout the year? Sounds like they're set. Starting five, as Jim Harbaugh and Sharon Moore said on Monday. Jonathan Joseph at Joseph 2156 When Harbaugh comes back, will he be vengeful or just happy to be back with Rutgers? I would say... See, here's the thing. This is I'm going to be wrong no matter which one I say. I would say vengeful, but watch it look exactly the same as it's kind of looked. Might also be Rutgers, maybe a little bit better. Maybe. Maybe it's because Rutgers has tended to play Michigan tough. They didn't last year, but they did for a half. Uh, but I also, like, I feel like if I say he's just going to be happy to be back, then you're going to see, like, 63 to 0, you know? Like, no matter which one I say, it's going to be the opposite. Just how I feel about it. I don't know. Finishing us out in segment one, Spencer Whitmore at Spencer Whitmore. Felt like uh, like last week as in week one was his classic catch 22. Had one of the had one of JJ's best passing games and people are talking about running issues. We ran but didn't pass it. Would have been JJ didn't improve. Some people just can't be happy thoughts. I, I absolutely think that is certainly the case. I mean, they weren't running the ball 40, 50 times, but we obviously just went through all the games and they're they're now running on par like that first game at uh, that would have been their worst per yard carry it at all you know last year, but they obviously improved it and now their numbers at four point seven. There are four, five games in which an average of four point seven overall would be better than what they did uh, in twenty twenty two twenty twenty one. They had they rushed for one hundred twelve yards against Rutgers, one hundred twelve yards against Wisconsin, one forty six against Michigan State, one forty was one eighty eight against Indiana, one forty four against Penn State, one fifty one against Maryland, uh, and uh, two hundred eleven against Iowa, and ninety one against Georgia. So, I, I, and they won the Joe Moore Award that year. They rushed for an average of five twenty two. Um, that I wouldn't. I don't think you can glean much. I think we've kind of learned that you, you can't glean much. Like, yes, you, we did a little bit early in uh, 2021 from those first three games, and they rushed for over 300 yards in each. And then they didn't rush for over 300 yards for the rest of the season. They had two games in which they were close, Ohio State and Northwestern. Uh, but that was, and, and, you know, everyone thought the run game was pretty incredible. And then it didn't end up... Uh, didn't end up being quite as good uh, ultimately as it could have been as we kind of look back and evaluate 2022 or 2021 in the eyes and lens of 2022. All right, we are going to move on. We have plenty more questions coming up here in just a moment. But like I have told you before, 
there have been times that it has been very difficult for me to get tickets to things. I mentioned Justin Bieber last summer when Sarah and I went and saw him and inadvertently saw Jim Harbaugh. Uh, I can think back all the, all those times that I was trying to get like Detroit Pistons playoff tickets, whether it was 2004, 2008. Uh, and all of those things, like the, just trying to figure out how to get in, get there, 2006, Detroit Tigers, all these different times that I was like, I need tickets. I can't get them through uh, the uh, the official normal channel. And that is where game time can really come in. It's fast and easy way to buy tickets for all of the sports, music, theater, comedy near you with killer deals on last minute tickets and their best price guarantee. You can stop stressing over tickets and start getting hyped for all of the fun that you'll have. One of the things that I love about the Game Time app, and the thing I like the most is the image of seat views. You find that inconsistent on other sites. They are consistent. They are amazing. And with their lowest price guarantee, event cancellation protection, job loss protection, etc. I mean, it just can't be beat. Game Time is the place for last minute ticket deals. Forget planning for months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same session and row for less, game time will credit you 110% of the difference. Snag the tickets without the stress with game time. Download the game time app, create an account, use the code locked on college for $20 off of your first order. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem locked on college for $20 off. Download game time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. All right, so many questions, so little time. That's not accurate. We have less questions than we normally do because I posted uh, this call for questions in the middle of the Detroit Lions game. It didn't happen on Friday because we did that podcast after midnight and little sleep, all that kind of stuff, other work, getting ready for the game, all that stuff. Uh, But we are back and doing it. And uh, so we'll skip a mailbag this week and we'll return with one next week. As we go into Big Ten play, I think that is the way to go. That's the housekeeping part of this. Still trying to kind of figure out now that I got the new house and uh, this is on camera. It, it's it, just trying to figure out the logistics of going to press conferences, coming back and all of that. So once that's all settled in, we'll be all settled in with everything. Jim at Jim in the North in a valiant return. Is it time to worry about the O-line in the running game? Again, remember this. Well, he posted he asked, asked about this on September 9th, so it might have been during the game. Um, n- no, I, I think that there's team. I mean, again, this was another team loading the box. Blake, Blake Corum had three touchdowns. Um, it was really Donovan Edwards that was struggling a little bit and I'm not worried about him at all. Uh, I think he'll be fine. Uh, and there's other ways he can contribute if for whatever reason, the run game just doesn't kind of come naturally. I'm sure it will. I'm sure that at some point, I think, especially in the big 10, you won't see teams selling out for one one thing, right? They have to be a little bit more multiple, otherwise they'll just get eaten alive. So I, I think that you're what you're seeing is teams that have scouted Michigan all year because he's, that this is their biggest game on their schedule and are doing everything they can to just try to put a dent in it. And obviously it hasn't worked defensively. Um, and the offensive line is just going to continue to coalesce. I'm not concerned about it. Uh, if we're in like week five, if like Nebraska and Minnesota, that doesn't look very good, then uh, and the pass game isn't working, then I'll be concerned. But as of right now, no, I'm not. 
Mark Z at Mark Zimke, can you name one play on offense and one on defense from week one that showed you the current potential of this team? I'll add an offensive one from week one and defensive play of week two. Actually, it's five defensive plays, maybe six on defense on week two. That's all of the sacks where they were just exploding through the line. It just, it like Kenneth Grant just continues. I mean, if I was to pick one from week one, it's Kenneth Grant forcing the interception. I I am still just ecstatic with what he brings to the table. He has been absolutely phenomenal. Uh, and he has been a revelation, and he truly is, a, as Jim Harbaugh said, a gift from the football gods. Uh, offensively, uh, I'll give you two as well, just to be fair to week one and week two. The the week one, it would be the the JJ. Both of these are JJ throws. The, it was the throw that he had the third touchdown to Roman Wilson, uh, where he was looking off. I believe it was the safety. I'm trying to remember exactly, uh, and uh, just made an NFL caliber throw. Uh, that only Roman could get it. It was placed perfectly. I'm watching that thinking if I was in Roman's shoes, how that would sail over my head, but I can't jump. So that makes sense. Uh, but the other one would be the one where he split the defenders. He threw kind of into like double, triple coverage against UNLV. Uh, I believe it was to Cornelius Johnson. And it was just a pinpoint, perfect accuracy. Like it, it, it against maybe a better team that could, you know, maybe a secondary has a little bit better closing speed. That's a dangerous throw. But I mean, it was so spot on. I'm not even sure that it would have made a difference that it was that good. Anton says me to Mangala says me to Mangala. This game was the first streaming only week one <laughs> streaming only game for Peacock. See, I got myself in trouble this week. The infamous game against App State was the first ever game on Big Ten Network. Did Michigan exercise some demons with this win? No, because well, I mean, that was the number five team in the country that lost to App State. It, it's a little different because um, no one expected East Carolina to be like amazing or anything. App State was coming off of a FCS national championship. Uh, also, in future seasons, could you see Jim Harbaugh handing over the reins to an assistant for an early game once a year as an opportunity for an assistant to get head coaching experience? No, <laughs> I think when he's there, he's the head man. I think that this will be... I mean, would it surprise me? No, but I can't see him relinquishing control when he doesn't have to. I just don't see that. Maybe he bumps him up to like associate head coach if they're not already or I don't know. But no. The Recon Raider at Hamstand 87. Can we get extensions for the coaching staff already? That's probably not going to happen because a lot of Jim Harbaugh's out there telling everybody that they can be uh, they can be head coaches as soon as next year. So. Don't expect the band back together. Expect changes next year. One way or another, there's going to be changes for sure. Would it, would it be nice if it was like, yeah, we're just going to keep the band back together? I mean, maybe maybe it doesn't happen that way. Maybe Jim Harbaugh comes back. Sharon Moore gets offered, you know, Virginia-level jobs, right? Like those those kind of bottom feeder power five schools. You know, not, not that Virginia, you know, Virginia's had some nice years, but like, you know, I remember Josh Gaddis was in, in the role running for that. And that, that would be one where it's like, yeah, don't take that. Brent Venables, well, Tony Elliott, Clemson, decided he was going to go with Virginia. Brent Venables waited for that opportunity to get Oklahoma, right? You can get that. You know, Joe Moorhead went from Penn State to Oregon. You, you know, you can, you can be smart about the opportunity you get. So I, I would either wait to be the heir apparent at Michigan or for one of those big schools if I was them. That's kind of an aside there. 
Uh, Clark at Blue for Life 8. How long do you think the coaches will take to determine the starting five offensive linemen? Again, this unfortunately has been answered. Uh, I assume they do the Michigan method at least through the next two weeks, right? And if if I would have answered this on time, I would have said yes. I am surprised that we haven't seen Ladarius Henderson and Trent A. Jones, aside from Trent A. as a sixth lineman and uh, both of them in uh, mop-up. That said, and this is where this is where I will demure from the question to kind of expand a little bit. I am really surprised at how not great the second string, I say second string, it's more third, fourth string in some ways. Offense has been, I mean, I guess it's second string, but it has not been good. Like they have not been able to do anything. They have yet to score. Jaden Denegal is the only one who has had a big play, and it was explosive play, a 35-yard pass to Samaj Morgan. And there's only been one other. They they say they consider, I think, anything over 15 yards an explosive play. I consider it 20 yards. They've only had two plays that have gone uh, that far, to my recollection. The 47-yard touchdown, Roman Wilson, and that other throw. So that's a little surprising to me how bad that is. And honestly, the line play. They, they've given up some tackles for losses, but no sacks, so that's good. Still no sacks on the season. But at the same time, it hasn't looked good even on the offensive line. I'm on record for saying I think that that second line would be the best in the Big Ten. It has not looked to be so at this point. It's still just congealing, coalescing, whatever words you want to say about it. Jacob Shavaria as Shavaria. Harbaugh wins it all this year. He leaves to get a Super Bowl ring. Justifiable. Name your number one pick on the current coaching staff. Number one coach not on the staff. Would you be okay with Dion? How is home ownership been treating you? Um, all right. If I mean, my obvious number one pick on the coaching staff would be Sharon Moore, but I guess we'll see what he does on Saturday. Number one coach not on the staff. That's always difficult because it's like, you know, I don't really know where where you go. And obviously, Michigan has a proclivity to want a Michigan person. There's not a lot of those out there. I mean, Scott Leffler, but Bowling Green, as much as Jim Harbaugh praises them, has not been great. That's not exactly like the guy that you're going to go out there and get. If you're trying to get like a, I mean, I don't think you could go wrong with a Kalen DeBoer necessarily. I think he's been very, you know, very good at Washington. I think he's probably a lot better than what people think. And people who has been all over Oregon and USC, I think Washington very well could win the uh, Pac-12 in its final year. So that's who I'll go with. I'll go with Kalen DeBoer. Um, and I think that's it, that's a good litmus for for Michigan at a place like Washington. Uh, would I be okay with Dion? Sure. I mean. Heck of a good coach. Uh, you hope he doesn't run off a bunch of people. And I think there would have to be at least some kind of like, hey, you know, we don't do that here at Michigan. I just don't think it would be a very good culture fit. But, yeah, I'd be fine with Dion. I think it would probably fail. <laughs> but uh, home ownership has been great. It's still very confusing to me. I still don't feel like a homeowner, except for when I have to mow my lawn. That's been about it. Haven't had any problems to fix, so it's been awesome. Thank you. Uh, did at Maze Rage 86. I'm going to Happy Valley for the Michigan game with some friends this year. Any suggestions on a restaurant or a bar to check out? Here's the funny thing. I, I saw this when you, when you tweeted at me. I, I don't really, I, I love downtown State College. Now, obviously, I don't go to bars and stuff since I don't drink. 
I don't really remember where I've gone. <laughs> there was one. There's a restaurant above. I can't remember what it's called. It was a big like sports bar type place that's above Target. Uh, that uh, I I went to the first time I went there, and uh, well, the first time that I got to, went to State College itself instead of just to the game, and that was pretty cool. I don't remember the name of it. I don't know where else I've eaten or done anything. Like I just walk around State College and I love it there, but I I don't. Recall that last time I went, I know it's a cigar place that was in like an alley and that was pretty cool. Um, but I don't recall eating. I just remember doing that. State College is awesome. I, 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 if I had seen State College in Penn State's campus without just literally sight unseen, uh, com- me committing to Michigan sight unseen, because um, I hadn't been to campus in Ann Arbor. I'd been to Ann Arbor, but I hadn't been to campus, and I'd been forever, so I didn't even remember what Ann Arbor was until I went for freshman orientation. So um, I prob- State College would have maybe made me consider something different. I'm not the one at William Cawthorn 9. Why don't you think people respect these so-called lower-level teams? We've seen big schools lose to them if you take them lightly because it's Michigan and they have no business, right? Like, the Michigans, Georgias, Ohio States of the world have no business losing to a group of five team, right? Michigan has. They lost to Toledo, lost to App State. That's not a group of five team. Well, it is now, but it was, wasn't was at the time. Uh, a, a, the major powers in the Power Five have no business losing to to them, so that's why. Uh, this isn't a Michigan question. I just want to know how you are. How is your family? Well, excellent. Thank you. I was still just kind of getting the bearings of the season, and trying to figure out how to kind of manage that at managing travel again after three years in Ann Arbor and having everything close. I think it's actually better that I don't live close, but uh, it, good so far. And family's good. Grandma goes to church with me on Sundays now. She has to go wait for a little while at breakfast by herself uh, because I like to uh, hobnob at church a little bit with uh, Pastor Josh, Pastor JD, Pastor Ian. Uh, Pastor Carl was a Penn State guy, but we don't hold that against him. Anyway, that's going to do it for segment two. We will continue on here in just a moment. Before we do, get ready for the NFL season. Week one is in the books with incredible offers from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers can bet $5, get 200 in bonus bets guaranteed. Plus, all customers who bet $5 will get $100 off NFL Sunday ticket from YouTube and YouTube TV. A heck of a deal. Now is the best time to join FanDuel. The app is easy to use and you can bet on everything from spreads to player props and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash lockdown and kick off the NFL season with an offer you do not want to miss. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. All right, we have just a couple more. Uh, just note to, to the, there's a couple of you guys who are regular question askers that would normally be in segment two. You're only in segment three because of the uh, the lack of questions. But look, this is this is still a full full episode. Regardless, taking our time for the most part. Rich Nelson at Rich Nelson one with JJ being the top performer for the Wolverines in week one and two. How much do you think it was from improved mechanics and accuracy versus the receivers, tight ends making contested catches like Roman, CJ, and Colston? Honestly, it's both. I mean. You can see the maturity from from JJ, but you're also seeing consistency from the others. There's not a heck of a lot of drops. There's there's a couple. If I can get PFF up real quick, we'll uh, I have to sign in and everything, so I don't know how well that's going to work. But there there are very few drops with this team, which is 
you know, well, you know, pr pretty, pretty amazing compared to, you know, previously. Um, I should have done this differently, but whatever. So, as far as the receivers are concerned so far, um, I don't know if it has, okay, so, oops, I'm on the wrong year. That's not helping. I'm like, okay, <laughs> like five drops. JJ's only not completed like five passes. So, receivers, zero drops, it says, at this point. Tight ends, zero drops. Running backs, zero drops. Other O, zero drops. It's good news. No drops, according to PFF, at least. Uh, some kind of questionable ones here and there, but, like, it's just been, JJ has been so accurate, and the receivers, particularly Cornelius Johnson, has been so improved. It's 10 of 11. Uh, Roman Wilson's 10 of 13. Frederick Moore's missed one. Josh Beatum, uh, who's a tight end in the missed, missed one again. I think it was Davis Warren who was out there. Max Bredesen missed one. Carmelo English missed one. AJ Barner's missed one. So it's not a lot of missed opportunities for these pass catchers. So, but JJ is, I think, a big reason why he's putting it right there. But we have seen like Cornelius Johnson drop some easy passes in the past. And he hasn't done that this year thus far. So that's really good news. Silver Bampy at Silver Bampy. During games, you take photos. How do you keep notes of what you're watching? Switch between camera and phone and jot in notes, record voice notes, have a crazy awesome memory, and remember everything. How are you able to do both? Uh, I would say once a year, I start trying to take notes on my phone and I forget about it. Uh, otherwise, some, sometimes my memory holds up and sometimes it does not and I have to rewatch the game. Uh, I generally have a pretty good idea of what happened, but I might... As the, Here's the other thing. As the season wears on, I have a crazy awesome memory. I'll remember everything that happened as the season goes on. Uh, I'll remember just about every play. Uh, and certainly even now when I go back and look at my photos I'm going through, I remember just what the play was just by looking at the pictures. Before, you know, just you get the alignment, you get everything, all of that. Um, I also vocally process while I'm on the sidelines quite often. I'm usually standing next to either Bryce Merritt or Patrick Barron. I usually have someone next to me, whether it's them or someone else, that I can kind of vocally process what I'm seeing. You know, what's happening pre-snap, who's the personnel, what's, what's happening, what happened on the play, what I think happened on the play. I'll kind of cross-reference it with somebody. So I'm always kind of cross-referencing and then I go back and watch the replay when they show it on the big screen and uh yeah so it that helps with the memory because I'm really a verbal processor or an auditory um more so than visual so I think it's that's kind of um, uh figures things out right? it helps me figure things out sometimes some games I have to just I don't remember it and I have to sit and watch it Again, it depends kind of like if there's something that's kind of extracurricular, like MSU. I don't really remember the MSU game. I do. I remember parts of it. I remember the fourth down stop that Macari Page had and the one that Mason Graham had. I remember the interception that Rod Moore had. I don't think I remember. I remember the one kind of crazy run that, that Blake Corum had. I don't really remember anything else from that game other than that because it kind of, my memory kind of got overtaken with the, everything that happened in the aftermath. So just like anything, you push things out, keep things in. 
Athir Cotter at Athir Cotter One. Hi, my bro. I love the show. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. I've got a question. I know Georgia is number one, but who is more threat to Michigan title? Is Georgia or Alabama? Please let me know. Obviously, again, this was asked before week one. It's clearly Georgia, but obviously Texas beating Alabama. I mean, would it surprise me if it ends up being, I mean, we're seeing some predictions for Michigan versus Texas in the college football playoff. And no, it wouldn't surprise me if Texas beat Michigan. They have what seems to be kind of a complete team. Didn't run the ball great against Alabama. Guess what? Still beat them. I I would have said no. I would have said Georgia regardless. I've been on the record of saying I think that Alabama is taking a step back. It would not surprise me if Alabama lost another game, two more games, maybe three. Would not surprise me at all. They have some issues right now. I'm not surprised. Finishing us out, Nathan Knowles at no four one four two one. If Ohio State drops two of the three big games, is Ryan Day's job in jeopardy? If one of those is Michigan, I, I absolutely. I don't care what people say. People are sitting there saying, like, listen, you can. he's done so good, and, you know, it's just this Michigan game. It's a different deal in Columbus. It is just a different deal in Columbus. If he loses three in a row to Michigan, especially with the roster he has, no, I don't. I, I really honestly don't see him surviving, but I do also have him losing three games this year, so that should tell you what you want to know there. That's going to do it for us today. We'll be back on Wednesday, probably in the evening, because that's kind of just what we're doing at the moment. So we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for watching. Thank you for listening. Peace.